Welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. If you want to call me baby, yeah, go ahead. And if you like business, maybe, yes, what I said. And if you want to talk for hours, come on, go ahead. And if you need to buy some flowers, that's business, baby. Well, 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 it's Jess from Bread by Us. Hello. Hey, Joe. Hi, Jess. Uh, so this is your second time on the pod. So I can't ask you any of my usual questions, but I thought it would just be like interesting to just start the conversation by saying literally, how are you feeling right now as an entrepreneur? What is going on? What's up at Bread by Us? That's a really deep first question. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, how do I feel as an entrepreneur right now? I feel like I'm in a very new and different phase and I'm in kind of a very new relationship with my business. Okay. For multiple reasons, probably. So first and foremost, I guess, just being in a new phase of pandemic, like lifting restrictions and stuff like that. There's definitely a new relationship that's there with the public and with staff and just with operations. But I think like more fundamentally, just my, um, my business has undergone some pretty big internal changes yeah. In, yeah. in terms of uh, bringing on, expanding the ownership team. And so it has been like over the past year, there's been a lot of growth internally and a lot of really big and important conversations and big decisions being made. And yeah, it's just really shifted the way I relate to my business in the sense that I'm not, it's not just sort of me at the helm. I'm really learning how to cooperate in a new way with my team. And so it's very interesting. It's very stimulating and it's always, it's always interesting. On the flip side, I think, you know, I'm tired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I Ugh. I'm really struggling with just like a really really long period, like you probably as well, yeah. but yeah. and others, but just a really really long period of just grinding and just yeah. kind of this relentless yeah. pace. And so yeah. it's super fascinating, but also. Um, I need a vacation. (laughs) Yeah. First off, when does tired go away? Like (laughs) when every day it's here. Yeah. I've been saying to Ray so much lately, like, oh, I need a vacation. And like, obviously I would love to go do things, but also I feel like I just need literally like a vacation in the sense that I like throw my phone in the garbage Mm -hmm. and go stay in a hotel. Do you know what I mean? Like I just Mm -hmm. disconnecting, disconnecting from like tech, disconnecting from, yeah, there, there's been this, um, really serious monotony of, um, of day-to-day life. Yeah. Where I'm like, I, I really have a hard time. I'm having a really hard time, um, just finding that balance and, a lot of it too is like, I don't know if you're experiencing this too, but just um, not really having a lot of stability with, with scheduling and stuff like yes. that. So yeah. where, you know, you think you might be able to like, I don't know, 
take a day off on a Monday, like your first day where you're not really thinking about work in a long time and then someone's sick or something pops up. And, and so there's just been a lot of managing sort of like crisis is too strong of a word, but like little fire after fire, you know, like all these, all these little things that come up that um, need to be dealt with and I've just it's been a really long period of that also I would like to throw my phone in the garbage like I feel that like once yeah. a day every day yeah. it's so funny because what you're saying like there's so much inside of like your response was just like 20 topics so as you're talking yeah, I was like I want to get into so much of this so I was like writing notes so I don't forget it the monotony is so wild of being alive during this time every week goes by so quick I I feel like in my head I'm at the end of the week every week and I haven't caught up and I'm not where I need to be and I'm covering for someone like you said because it's the same at the shop if anyone has symptoms they stay home if whatever comes in contact whatever whatever so I feel like Mm -hmm. my schedule makes no sense so I'm always covering or doing office work or whatever and then it's like the week is gone but at the same time I'm actually never doing anything and I'm so bored of my life. Like, I got really dark. <laughs> like I, I'm always saying to Ray, like I'm so bored of being alive. Like oh. every day is the exact same. But it's like overstimulating at the same time. Yes, it's like, yes. you're not bored. You're just tired of the, the intensity that you have yeah. to keep up every day. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say that like broadly, my feelings about this can be characterized as like, I'm not, I'm not in a balanced place. No. And it's no. like, I can't, I can't seem to figure out the puzzle that yeah. will get me back to that place. Because yeah. I think I had, I think I had started to experience a bit of that with the maturity of the business with where we were at mm-hmm. in maybe like mm-hmm. 2018, 2019, you know, we yeah. were like five, six years in and I had yeah a good team around me and things started to make sense. And then, and so it was, you know, five years of kind of grinding up until that point. And then I, I went, I had, I traveled once in 2019 and for two weeks and nobody needed me. Everyone took care of everything. It was like a dream. And, and I, I came back from that vacation and I was like, maybe my life is going to turn around. Like, (laughs) So maybe you, I've, you cursed maybe all I've of arrived. Us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. COVID's my fault. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh is this what it feels like to be like mid, mid career or, you know, just oh where, gosh. where everything you've yeah. built is starting to make sense. And then no, 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 no. And no. we're not back. We're not even like, I, I can't even smell no. that, I, that reality. It's so far away. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. I was away. literally walking home today, just thinking like, when am I not going to be worried about bills? That's like what I was thinking. And I was walking home. I was like, when am I, I'm always afraid we're going out of business all the time. Like I'm one of those people who's always like, my bills have finally come to catch me. And then, you know, we stay on top of them and I'm always like, oh, we're, we just got out. We just got lucky and the bills didn't get us. And I always think like, when will that period be over? But then in retrospect, I'm like, I guess I've just been making it work for six years. So I just keep doing that. But also, I just want to touch on something when we were talking about like the monotony and like the overstimulation, the thing it reminded me of, of saying like, I'm bored, but overstimulated. Um, When I first opened my business and I was having like a pretty hard time, I started going to therapy again and I, I found a new therapist. And one thing we touched on a lot that it seemed like was missing from my life was the idea of play and playtime. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if you can like relate to that at all, but it's something I think a lot about in COVID now is like, I, I never play the things that feel like playtime. And usually for me, that's like exploring or swimming or, you know, laughing and screaming. Like, I feel like I genuinely like never do that. I don't play. Does that make sense to you? It, it does a lot. I, yeah. I think I struggle. I've struggled with that ever since opening the bakery. Yes. So it's been a lot uh, like almost a decade of feeling oh that now. And oh my God. <laughs> I always feel like I'm one, like I'm one step towards that. You know, like there's, yeah. I can see it within my grasp, yeah. but I think in, for me, this, this is, this doesn't even feel super related to the business, but like, it's okay for me, okay. people to know me personally. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, they like me. <laughs> ah! Okay. So I, when I opened the bakery, like just before that, I have always been an athlete. And so I, I always played soccer and, you know, as like my primary sport and even, you know, into like adult soccer, like where, you know, I just kept playing. And then when I opened the bakery, I was like, well, I guess I can't do this anymore. And like, not that I could go back I, could, I wouldn't have been able to change anything, but yeah. I, I, because the first year of the business, like actually wrecked me so badly yeah. that I, I don't know if I ever really recovered Oof. from that, just like yeah. physically and mentally. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I've never really been able to get to a place where I have that balance, where something is, I have this like outlet that of fun and I'm like a really kind of sporty and intense person. And, yeah. and that stuff gives me so much life. Like I love the competitiveness of it. I love yeah. the team aspects of it, but something that has really affected me is even just the physical nature of our work yep. has taken such an immense toll on my body that the things I used to do for play it's like physically dangerous now for me to do that because I'm just yeah I have like some chronic conditions now because of the labor and like the you know being on my feet and all that stuff I'm like I I would actually it would be putting myself you know, potentially in danger to do that. So mm-hmm. I like can't do it anymore. And so it's, I guess it's just a thing with aging in general, yeah. but also exacerbated by our type of work where it's yeah. like the things we used to do maybe aren't accessible to us anymore. And how do we find what works for us at this stage of life? And I am, that is a big blank for me. I, I've definitely, I've found some things in my life that give me a lot of escape and like I don't know I guess like fill other parts of me that need filling like creative mm-hmm. outlets and artistic outlets but yeah. play is something that I really haven't oh. been able to reconnect with and it's super missing yeah yeah I uh I have two um kind of things to contribute to that the first thing is a hundred percent yes about your body being tired and injury and you know whatever from work but also like do you carry around just day-to-day fear of getting hurt and then you think of but who will run the mm-hmm. shop if I mm-hmm. break my ankle literally just trying to go on a hike you know what I mean like mm-hmm. do you carry that like almost like insurance fear about yourself oh if I ever broke my hand who would mm-hmm. all the time yeah and I think that's become completely like blo- blown up blown up with yeah. COVID too <laughs> because it's like at Yikes. first I was yeah. thinking 
you know, and when you do stuff, like when you're playing sports and stuff, you're going to yeah. get injured and things are going to happen. But now with COVID, I've just like put, I, I think you yeah. and I are similar. It sounds Very like similar. where we put yeah. the weight, of, like a lot of weight on our shoulders to yes. not to like, make sure we're available, make sure that we can yeah. be there and fill yeah. in. And, and I think that's on some level it's smart, but then on the other hand, it's like, I've seen a lot of people in, in my workplace and in other workplaces and just people in general, yeah. like reconnecting with their old lives and I'm like oh I can't do that like I have to make sure that I'm here to I don't know be there and it's for anything for (laughs) anything at any time in case yeah like oh maybe I shouldn't stay up like late tonight in case somebody calls in sick tomorrow morning it's like oh my god don't even talk to me about going to bed at 9 p.m every night like don't even I'm the right person yeah it's yeah. really hard to let your guard down and yes, think like, that's if it. I let myself that's do it. this, what will happen? Yeah. And so you're in this constant vigilant state that can't also be good. So intellectually, I know it doesn't make yeah. sense to always be like, oh, it's okay. I just won't yeah. do anything ever in case the business needs me. But it's yeah. really hard to get out of that thought pattern because it's like, it doesn't, it's not imaginary. I know. I actually do have to fill in and cover. I know it's not invented. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like one way I'm like holding on to that is I noticed when I first opened my business, I felt really overwhelmed by it, obviously, and really overwhelmed being publicly perceived and people knowing that I owned a business and, you know, just, I always do all my grocery in my neighborhood. So people around always knew who I was, or people would always say, Oh, I saw you walking your dog. And then I feel like it started to like kind of close in on me, like this kind of my own perception of my responsibilities in the community as a business leader. And I always went through this phase where like, if I wanted to like be bad or like go Mm -hmm. out, I would go to Toronto. I'd go to like Montreal. I would, I couldn't, I couldn't do it the same way here as I could do it in another city. Like I'd go to another city and be like, screaming and having fun and like eating in the streets and like being out with my friends but I find it harder to do here like there's like a layer of responsibility Mm -hmm. but now that COVID's happened I think playing into what we were talking about it I find it extremely hard to not just come home from work and like hide in my house I never I don't know about you but like I never want to leave my house ever now whenever I finish work Like, I don't understand people who are like, oh, I'm just going to go out with some friends now. Oh, I'm just going to go run errands. Like, I feel like when I'm done my shift, I'm like running home to shower and get in bed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can't just be me. (laughs) I will say that I'm, I'm very similar on days where I do a shift. I, I almost, I almost never have anything left in the tank. Like I go home, I shower, I eat and like curl up on the couch and watch TV. Yes. I think that there's a very um, real like mental and physical toll that, you know, people who are not only like working a full shift, but also managing people and managing all these situations. Like you're not just going in and kind of going through the motions. Like there's a lot that you're managing at the same time I think it takes a lot out of us and you know I am 
I will say I'm also really disconnected from the outside world at the moment, but I am trying to take small steps. Like I've started seeing people outdoors very, very sporadically. And, you know, I think, yeah, I, my partner and I went out for the first time in, since the fall, Yeah, (laughs) like to a patio for, you know, a a snack. And yeah it's like little steps, but it is, it has been really hard for me to re-emerge from this as well. You know, the mental and physical exhaustion is just, it's really, really deep. And then you get into these patterns and habits too, right? It's like, we've learned this whole new other, this new rhythm that we're in. And it's, I mean, I wasn't really, I don't know, a party animal or whatever before this, I just kind of like leaned into all of my like more introverted tendencies in the last couple of years. You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying, I really enjoy curling up with a book or writing or those really quiet pastimes. And I've sort of just developed a new rhythm and I kind of like it. Sometimes I think, oh, and this is all over. I'll go, you know, I'll never say no to any opportunity. I'll go do anything. I'm going to be bungee jumping and like but but you just got better at saying no (laughs) no but I'm never gonna do that like today I finished work and it was a really long day because I had to drive to Kingston to drop something off la 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 but when I got home I showered and then I have a huge patio and I went out on the patio with my dogs and it was really sunny and I brought blankies and I just watched the amazing race Mm -hmm. and just like being alone on my patio what like just with my dog is like I can't imagine a happier moment for myself and I I I don't think there's I'm gonna say though like I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think at this point we should be doing what we need to replenish yeah like the the ways in which you know work and the world right now are really depleting us I think I'm, I think it's okay to just do what feels right. And that looks different for everyone for us, because we work in service and we work with people. It, it's, it's, it takes a lot out of you, even the social energy. And so I think it makes sense that we are like actively looking for just quieter downtime. Whereas other people who have been, you know, working from home for the last two years and probably can't wait to reconnect and are super deprived of the social interactions are maybe the ones who are more excited to be back out. But we're like, oh my God, please like find me a hole that I can crawl into every day and just let me sleep for, you know, eight hours so that I can do this all again tomorrow. It's just like, I think that's a really good like comparison you made because I find it really weird to watch on social media, like other people's journeys versus mine. And obviously Mm -hmm. I'm not the first person to point out like social media and the perception on there can be toxic, but, um, I find it really, really hard for me to go through Instagram stories because Mm -hmm. it seems people are in a different relationship with COVID and safety than I am. And then it almost makes me like want to like self-isolate like more. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes me feel like I can't trust anyone. And that's like, obviously like that's older stuff coming up, trying to like, you know, take over whatever. 
but it still is real that that's happening for me. I do think that it's real. We are experiencing COVID in our businesses still. It yeah. sounds like you're going through similar situations as, yeah. as we are. And, you know, it is, it's been really isolating and alienating lately yeah. with, yes. with just, yes. you know, everything changing and having the reality of COVID still impacting your business all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's all, you know, there's always been, I guess, two pandemics, the pandemic that, you know, people who are, you know, disadvantaged in whatever ways are experiencing yeah. a very different one than people who are in positions of privilege. And now I feel like, I think it's now people like there, there's a lot, there's a huge difference between people whose work and livelihood depends on a business yeah. continuing to be able to operate. Yeah versus yeah. people whose livelihoods are not intimately attached to like a group revenue, revenue is always yeah. coming in or a yeah. group of people. Yeah. And now, especially if, if I may just like express a little bit of frustration, like yes. this past weekend, the COVID, like federal COVID benefits all expired. The one that we were really like my staff have been, you know, using over yeah. these past bunch of weeks is the the recovery sickness benefit, which, you know, yeah. allows them to stay home when they have COVID and, and get, I think it's $500 a week, which, yeah. you know, replaces a lot of their wages. And it's, it's a really great tool for us to be able yeah. to like, let people stay home when they're sick and have, you know, we've had five COVID cases in the bakery in the past, like six weeks, just like one after the other. And I mean, even if we paid out, everyone's yeah. sick pay sick days like we offer sick sick days we offer seven paid sick days a year to yeah. all our full-timers they would have they would have gone through them yeah. in a week and they yeah. would have still been home and not had any money to help them take. so my point is that like COVID is real for us still yes. and yeah. if we can't operate like we still have to make rent and now Ugh. that there's no federal benefits we yeah. now have to make sure that our staff can stay home and get paid so we're in I think like potentially the hardest phase the worst time the worst time yeah you're just actively being like gaslit by society yes. that everything's over yes. when yeah. like we literally can like I had to close the bakery uh yeah. you yeah. know a week or two ago yeah. I can't remember now because five people were sick and we were like oh we might have a full-blown like outbreak luckily yeah. we didn't and it was contained to you know just a handful of people but we still yeah. couldn't operate with that many people missing so we lost revenues and yeah. now if that happens next week without these relief benefits then we're going to be paying our staff to stay home while we're not operating yeah and that is I I haven't been this you know worried yeah. since yes. since like March 2020 yes. because 100 percent nobody understands no. Nobody who's like outside of service and food, the food industry or no. hospitality, like these very hard hit sectors, like nobody understands that we're, ab we've been absolutely abandoned by yeah. all levels of government at this point. It's either going to be businesses closing or like struggling a lot financially, yeah. or just like COVID is going to just be a part of our workplaces now. Yeah. Like yeah. constantly. And I, I, I don't know, I, we're not, we're not ready for that. No, I'm not ready for this. No, I'm not. I feel like I, the thing you're saying about being abandoned, I literally keep saying like, I feel so left behind. Like, mm -hmm. that's like the thing I, that's like resonating for me is that like, that's the feeling I have of like being left behind, 
I'm seeing everyone else continue. Like there's no risk. If I do this thing now, like if someone asked me to go for a walk, first off, I say like, yeah, but it has to be masked. That's my first thing. Mm-hmm. But then I do a thing where I plan. Okay. If I go for a walk with them on Friday and they give me COVID mm-hmm. this week, I won't have any. So is it smarter to go next week? Because I this week I'll be busier. So I don't, you know what I mean? Like I start doing the math of what's a better week to have to close if I get COVID. For example, it's just Mother's Day. So it just tends to be really busy for us. And in my head, I was, oh, I can't get COVID Mm -hmm. around then because that's a big shopping weekend. But if I'm going to get it and it's like, I'm not even putting myself in dangerous situations. I'm navigating like potentially masked walks. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking like my staff to mask as much as possible And when they're at work, we always all masks. No one at work hangs out, no mask at all. But it's so funny to be like, I feel like I'm bargaining for an outdoor walk with masks on. And then I see like, and I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad who's listening. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'm in a different industry and I have Mm -hmm. staff I'm responsible, responsible for. And we also have customers who are from all different parts of the community. So I do think it's my priority to keep them safe, Mm -hmm. but it's, so frustrating. I think that I'm, you know, I think that we all had an impulse early on in the pandemic to really like point fingers at individuals and ask people to like take personal responsibility for all this. And I think that that didn't necessarily advance the, like, it just like wasn't in anyone's interest to just be like laying blame on people and so now I'm like I'm really trying to actively shift my mindset and like it's hard because it is hard yeah you know I look at friends and family or whatever and I'm like don't you want to see me and you know like you know I see people making choices that are right for them and I'm like oh I feel like left out or I feel like I can't join in or you know because my risk analysis is so different from a lot of people that I care about but I'm really really trying to actively not think about it in terms of like individual people uh, yeah yeah, are making these choices like and they it's 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 really a systemic thing it's like really who's who is like we actively need to be sort of putting that frustration I think on levels of government who are not supporting us who have basically said like pandemic's over and um it's up to you if you want to enforce things or it's up to you if you want to you know like you'll have to figure out the financial fallout of all of your staff being sick and having no revenues and you know I yeah I'm I'm really trying to shift my perspective and like stop thinking about what other people are doing and just focus on like why have we been failed and I mean luckily we have a couple of really important elections coming up that are like really big opportunities to organize and to yeah I think um like that's a really important thing that I think we need to turn our attention to because yeah this has been so horrendously mismanaged and Feelings. Oh my God, my blood is boiling, but I know. Yeah, I, I, I also want to say like, I do hundred percent agree with you. I always have to remember it's not individual people changing the mandates. Like people are just doing, you know, what, what they allowed. trust the people who would look out for them or telling them to do. I've, I've always, I'm always so critical and I always think everyone's out to get me and mm-hmm. I shouldn't be, but no, no. And I I'm not trying really to like, personally. Yeah. No, but yeah I, I don't want to make you feel bad or anything. No, guess, no, no, no. It's no. just like, and I think it's especially just to go back to my point about, you know, there being multiple realities in this pandemic is like, yeah, 
And our risk assessment is so incredibly different from someone who, let's say, um, a person who works from home and whose salary is not dependent on whether they're able to, like, if they get COVID, it doesn't affect their wages. Or if they, if, if, I don't know, let's say in a department in the government, like, uh, I don't know, 5% of their staff get COVID. It's not like they're going to lose their funding yeah. because they can't yeah. operate. Like the needs of a small business are so different. And I think so what's different. really, really isolating right now is that it's really hard for people to grasp like how our risk analysis is yeah. so incredibly different. And I'm yeah. starting to feel like uh, it's tiring to justify why I'm making the choices yeah. I'm making. And I think that's fairly- that, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, I, it's almost like I, I'd rather not talk about it anymore because I just feel like I'm in such a different headspace than most other people, except yeah. the people that work in our industry that yeah. I'm like, I just, it's hard to talk about outside of the circle of like business owners and, yeah. and like employees in the industry. Just so sick of having opinions. <laughs> like, exactly. I just, yeah, I'm just like tired of having to remind people about things. I'm just tired of even having to share stuff or remembering to share or you know, I just, I don't know. It's like, yeah. remember when you open your business and you think like, oh, I really like baked goods and I think it'd be cool to have a bakery. And now it's like, who was now that person? Now it's survival <laughs> mode all the yeah. time. You're like, I owe it to the world to keep this bakery open. Cause I feel like I'm really hard on myself about in the last few years, I really like, don't like working anymore. And like, it's funny, like, I don't like working at all anymore. Like I'm very much, I don't want to work. I don't want to be at work. I don't want to have to work. And I've never had that mindset. I've always been very like, um, like grind culture, like yucky, like want to work all the time. And COVID's really changed that for me. And I'm not really, I don't really even remember I was bringing this point, but I was just going to say, this is a new mindset, not wanting to be at work. I'm like really struggling with, with that now. Like I'm struggling with that being a part of my identity, I guess. And I know it's not part of my identity, but for me it is. I love that you brought that up because I mean, I could speculate as to why that shift might happen in some people. Like I think it's happening. It's, it's happening for a lot of people. There's, you know, I've, I've, I think there's a lot of people reevaluating what what they like their relationship to work in yeah. general. I think COVID really accelerated that. I think people realized a lot of people realized who are like in undervalued industries or undervalued jobs are realizing that they are like hauling ass and like yeah. just grinding yeah. day in day out to be essentially disposable mm-hmm. in society and put in harm's way for what yeah for you know not even being able to buy a house and not yeah. even being able to take yeah. a vacation I mean this is like the economic system of that we're in is like so relentless yeah. and it was like hard before, but now we're being sort of, there's a lot of pressure to operate even when you're at risk of dying yeah. from a, like from a, or, or getting sick. I love baking, but also yeah. I have to get something yeah. back from it and I have to be doing it safely. And I have to be somewhat valued by society in order to want to show up every day. And like, it's yeah. tiring when all you see is like, I don't know, just that feeling of, like we were saying, abandonment from government and 
having to justify yourself and just like really seeing the divides like the economic like disparities between maybe you and other people or you know it's like at at some point you're like what am I doing this for I love baking and I love like connecting with the community but when it's like through the lens of like this relentless capitalist system you're like it it wears you down yeah it really does it a more like basic point when you said like I love working with the community I think like and and I know I kind of mentioned like talking about this like and I don't even really know how to articulate it but I'm gonna try you and I both have the kinds of shops where it's people come in and they're part of the atmosphere and they're part of the community and in the olden days even if you're having like a nasty day or it's just like a nightmare when you look out and you see like your community in the shop or people just like having a nice moment in your business it is very validating It's just like an experience to like see people like enjoying your space. And I find it our shops aren't even ours to have a nice space anymore. They're like a factory to just churn out the next customer as quickly as possible so that they, you know what I mean? Like they don't Mm -hmm. get as sick where both of us are the kind of people who wanted to curate a space, Mm -hmm. you know? I've been talking about this with, um, with some people at work who have been really, feeling icky about just this and that they really really want to find a way to get back to having like less time sensitive interactions and you know are we at that point yet where we can be like you know what let's just let a crowd form like I don't know when we'll be there and if we'll be there and yeah who that who that puts at risk and whether you know like even if a few people on the team feel this way what about the other people who don't yeah. We're not ready. Like, yeah. So it's, it's really hard. I agree that lately now that, you know, now that we've have have all these new systems in place and we've been doing them for almost two years, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I, I really miss just letting people kind of hang out. Yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, we've reconfigured our spaces so that that's not as even possible anymore, but yeah, it's, I can understand how that would, how not having that in your space anymore, if that was a really big source of comfort and yeah. validation that if you don't have that anymore, I could see how that would, it would be hard to find the motivation because it's not even, like you said, it doesn't even feel like a community space. Yeah. I honestly like wonder sometimes from a customer's perspective, if, if they still view our businesses that way. Yeah. Or if they're like, I think about, they, I think about that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder time. if I'm projecting an insecurity yeah. of like, oh, this must be such a horrible experience for I them know, to be like I know, coming I'm in the same. and leaving. Or is it a highlight for them still? And do they like yeah. coming in? Cause I'm like, definitely like you, I feel really insecure yeah. about how are they feeling on that side? Yeah. And I wonder. I'm green, da boodie da do da da ba dee da bo da 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 green da da do da da do. Green is the people here who walk around. Green is the color above and all around. Green is the world and all the streets are green. Green is the color that lives inside me. Because today is our season finale, uh, me and Ray wanted to give an extra special loving goodbye and thank you to our season-long sponsor. Ottawa Green Biz. By Enviro Center. How much 
do we love initiatives that give us money? Am I right? <laughs> but seriously, uh, it's so awesome that these um, both Auto Green Business and Enviro Center believed in the podcast and they wanted to sponsor this entire season. And it was pretty much like zero questions asked. They just wanted to work with us and help promote small business. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's so great. Like, especially because it's, I feel like it's just like a, like a sponsor that is good. Yeah. No one ever talks about how like you could have nice sponsors. Yeah. Like, like what even like sponsor, like, I don't even, I can't think of a bad one without sounding so horrible, but. <laughs> like we just have a sponsor that's for like razors. Yeah. That's always it. Like razors or like a bed. Which, Which is great. If any Actually, those are two are both sponsors. Like, we'll take a free bed. Like, I shave, so I would love a razor sponsor. <laughs> okay, either of those. But let's not get off track. Yeah. Auto Green Business. By Enviro Center. You want to know more? Let's let's talk about it one more time. And just before, let's talk about it one more time before the season ends. Ahem. Enviro Center is a local environmental organization, and our mission is to help Ottawa achieve its climate targets and provide people, communities, and organizations with practical solutions to lighten their environmental impact in lasting ways. One of the ways we do this is by working with businesses to help them reduce their environmental footprint. There's a lot businesses can do. If we're being honest, there's a lot businesses must, must do. do. Because reaching our climate targets requires everyone to do their part. We've been working with auto green businesses for around a decade. And what we've learned is that even when businesses, businesses want to make a difference, knowing what steps to take isn't always obvious. That's why we designed the Ottawa Green Business Site and Program. Pro -pro 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 Program. The idea is that there are three levels of engagement. Just browsing for free information committing to actively engaging by signing up for one year online membership this gives you access to worksheets and challenges to complete during the year that will get you started on your journey and then there is a deeper ogb hub membership for those businesses and organizations that are ready to really dig into their impact Kaching. and do more complex tasks like tracking their emissions setting reduction targets and so on so forth so if any of that sounds like the kind of stuff you care about, which, let's be honest, it uh, should, please visit our season-long sponsors, our wonderful BFFs, Ottawa Green Business by EnviroCenter. Thank you so much. Ray is, like, really beloved by all our customers. People love being served by him. So I know they have a good experience with him and my other staff. Like I know my staff does their absolute best to make people feel good, even though like, I'm not saying that's, they need to, I just know they do mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. So I do try to like, remember that and keep that in mind and have to tell myself, you know, it's not, it's not like a nightmare place. Like they're not coming into a haunted house. Like they're still <laughs> buying streets at our shop. We have this like little high top table in the front window. And lately I've been like daydreaming. Well, what if we did let people sit there? And I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I just think I'm kind of getting like swept up in the idea. Mm -hmm. I just miss looking out and there being people in the space. I agree. I think that's what made that, that's what makes coffee shops 
really special and those yeah. like low-key interactions that you have and the way that people feel welcomed into your space like that's that's why we have storefronts on main streets instead of ghost kitchens like we're yeah. not just doing this to make food we're not I, it, oof, yeah right yeah this is the there are people who open kitchens in industrial parks and you know they wholesale or and you know for them it's like a completely different model and they're not thinking about um like they they're they're focused on one one thing which is the food and and you know we opened up shops because we had dreams of creating a space where people wanted to hang out and that meant something to the community as you know beyond yeah. just what they were consuming and now it's like we're really swept up and just you know like you said I think that you said it well where you're just churning out customers and yeah. out food and and it doesn't it doesn't sort of like fee- it doesn't fill your cup as much no. right like that's yeah yeah it doesn't at all no just so you know I've been to your shop a lot lately and I love it every time and I don't know if I just get extra good service because everyone, you know, is obviously obsessed with me, but I don't know. I always have so much fun when I go okay. in. So from my perspective, it's like, um, great. And to be honest, I am someone who wants to get out quickly. So I love just getting in and getting out, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't speak. I can't speak for the community. That's good to but, know though. I mean, it's really vulnerable to to admit that like you're not feeling motivated by your job anymore and then trying to like identify what it is that's making you not feel motivated anymore. And yeah. it's like, yeah, COVID really forced us to just focus on the bottom line of like financial survival. Yeah. And that is like a really depleting place to be because yeah. we open our businesses as I think, I don't want to speak for you, but like, mm-hmm passion projects yeah you know things that like we wanted to showcase things that we love to make and and in an environment that we feel good in and safe in and so this there's a lot of what of our personality and our our values and and what we care about goes went into our business and then to just have it reduced to its like most fundamental parts like okay I just have to make bread and this is like that's a kind of survival mode that you can't really sustain for two years without feeling completely depleted I don't think yeah and I think there's like a whole nother it's similar but there's also like a whole nother element that I think I'm just recently thinking about more and I know it ties into the creating a space element obviously but I feel like and you were even just saying it when we started our business we want to showcase food we're excited about I always think little Joe's has like a really big part to play in the role of like um, helping people feel safe about food, about eating mm-hmm. in public, about ordering whatever they want, uh, about just having a positive relationship with food, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I just have been thinking about that more. I've had customers in the past tell me that they loved coming to the shop to eat because they knew no one would judge them so they could order whatever they want. Or I've had people who were very slow at ordering and then later like, you know, told me it was like due to eating disorders and they didn't want to be rushed. And there's like, a whole relationship with food they had to like unpack Mm -hmm. while ordering. And I kind of think of stuff like that. That's really important to me. Mm -hmm. I'm getting getting emotional again. It's like, what is maybe that's maybe that's okay. But um, (laughs) sorry, I feel like I'm going to cry on the pod for the first time ever. That's really important to me. But like stuff like that, I don't even have capacity to like think about for people. Yeah. 
like I can't even I didn't even think I was gonna get upset like this but I don't even care about that stuff because the point we're making now of like the bottom line sorry it's okay like the bottom line is so rough yeah it's very it's very dehumanizing yeah yeah and obviously like I'm not trying to alarm anyone it's just um sensitive as you know yeah I mean Joe you hold so much space for community and I think like your listeners and I can also like hold some space for your struggle as well like it's very I think by like letting people know that this is so hard for you and why it's so hard for you I think gives people permission to have those same conversations with people in their life so yeah 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 I think it's hard to feel detached from community and you know we've been going through that for a long time also Mm -hmm. as business owners you know like or even our own community Mm -hmm. so I just feel like yeah I appreciate you sharing that I think those types of like those those types of services I don't know if that's the right word to use but those the ways in which we showed up for people yeah and in our shop it looked a bit different I think a lot of the people that we tried to spend a bit more time with and tried to show more care to um, was maybe a different community, but it really feels, it really feels shitty to not have the capacity either because you have to get people out of the shop and you don't have time to have those delicate, difficult conversations or because you've lost your bandwidth. Like I've been short with people who in the past I would have maybe taken the time to explain something to them more delicately. And I leave those interactions feeling kind of ashamed that I don't have it in me. And it's like, but not just me, you know, my team, like we're, we're all going through that. We're like, wow, we are maybe not at our best right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so hard. It's something that's like that even just that way you said something I think about a lot lately I get aggravated with customers really easy I like even emails like if someone emails me something and it's obvious I have a hard time not even just being aggressive like all my communication feels I'm taking things way more personally or like I like I just I'm I think I say like I'm irritable a lot lately Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I would have always said that about myself you know what I mean? And now I'm always like, I'm always here to pull. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think for me, that's my biggest sign that I'm being pushed way beyond my capacity Yeah. is once yeah. I start to get irritable and I start sort of saying things to people in a way that I don't, maybe is not the kindest, or I start to have thoughts where I'm just like, I'm just going to flip the table, like very <laughs> irrational. <laughs> You know, where you're just like, instead of having this like measured response to something, yeah, I just, I'm like, what if I just blew it all up? And then it's like, okay, maybe, maybe this is, you know, and, and my, my therapist has helped me to identify that irritability as like, there's been like your boundaries have sort of just dissolved. And I think one thing about, um, being in survival mode is that we don't have any boundaries anymore because yeah. we can't afford to like I can't afford 
during COVID, I haven't been able to say like, oh, I take two days off consecutive a week. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't yeah. had that. I haven't had that yeah. in two years. Like yeah. where I'm disconnected from work for more than, I don't know, like more than one day. I, I, I honestly don't remember the last time that's happened. And that's, that is completely unsustainable. How are you yeah. going to have a hard yeah. conversation with somebody who's bothered you for like the fifth time this week yeah. when you haven't connected to your own self in two years so it's like I think somehow we have to like I mean if you're in a crisis I think you need to take more drastic measures than what I'm suggesting and I don't want to say that this is like a one-size-fits-all but like for me personally like in my situation I think that my irritability and my like lack of um, capacity has to do with like, I haven't been able to reestablish the boundaries that are healthy for me to yeah. actually be able to sustain a business for like that. Yeah. The, the, I'm just not meeting, I'm not meeting my own needs. Like, but I, I haven't been able to get back into a routine of exercise, rest, nutrition, yeah. all the things that help me. Like, yeah. I, I just don't yeah. have it today. I went for a walk for the first time for I walked for about an hour and it was really beautiful. And I sat in a park and, and I was doing that, you know, every yeah. day almost. And it's like the yeah. first time I've done that in weeks. This It's so basic, but if I don't uh, have that, yeah. I'm super not, I'm not at my best. And it's like, how do yeah. you do that when you're in survival mode? No, I, I totally like, I get that so much. Like last week I drove up to CC's it's a coffee shop mm-hmm. and, um, there's like a, like a Creek close by. And I, I had grandpa with me, my dog yeah. and, uh, we went to the Creek and I found out he likes to swim and I didn't know that about him. And then we threw a stick in the water and then he chased the stick. And then I just remember like, I was like screaming. Cause I couldn't believe I was just outside playing fetch with my real dog because he actually was swimming. (laughs) I, even when I got home, I told Ray, I was like, it was like, he was a real dog. He was running in the water and swimming. And, and like, I give him lots of outdoor time, but this was totally different. Like we did a whole adventure. We were, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it was, and it, it was so healing to do that. That's literally just going for a walk. And it's the same thing you're saying. It's seeing that, like, I think we're both in a space where we can see that and we can, name like what we need it's just not easy to get to right now no because it's like the there's still the underlying issues of like the challenges of our jobs right now hasn't changed yeah and unless that changes then it's going to be really hard to reestablish the the habits and the boundaries that we need to actually show up to work with some decency and not yeah. just want to flip the table or not just want to walk away. Like you to face I a challenge, know. you need to I be know. going into it strong. It's like we're walking into our space like depleted. And it's like, of course you're not gonna be able to give. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it's it's so hard to do. Like there's this whole notion of like self-care being, I don't know, again, individual responsibility. Yeah to just take care of yourself and it's like that's actually not a reality for a lot of people and I think we need to (laughs) name that as well to say like it's like a privilege to be able to you know I'm just gonna take a me day it's like I'm glad you can do that and I I it's awesome it's amazing and I'm really happy for you and so happy (laughs) (laughs) okay you can you know but (laughs) yeah it's just it's a privilege and it's like 
we're not at that space yet in small business world. I don't think like the small business community is in a place yet where, you know, where we can do that. Like we've endured and, you know, and a lot of businesses, like I look at businesses in Centertown who had to endure the occupation and everything. And it's like relentless. So relentless. Yeah. So I don't know, be, I hope you can, I hope you can be like easy on yourself and not, not have too much, like too much blame because it is really hard to show up for people when you're like so depleted. Well, I'm really happy for grandpa. I know he had a lot of health issues. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been really hard. He's a very sick boy, but he's the best. He's the best dog. So I don't, I don't know, like, I truly, and this is completely off topic, but I know last time we chatted, we talked about, I was like, oh, if you didn't do this, would you have another job? I feel like since I've adopted him, I feel called to like care for senior dogs Mm -hmm. and senior animals. And he's 10 and he was like on a, he was on a pound list to actually be put down because his health is really bad. And when we got him, we were under the impression his health was a lot better than it is. But right after we got him, we had to bring him to emergency and emergency was pretty much like, don't keep this dog. Like the time and money is going to be really hard on you guys. And we've only had him five months and it had, it's, it's just been really extreme, but at the same time, like his vet is like, he's it's, she's been like, I'm blown away by the weight he's put on the muscle he's put on. I'm blown away. He looks like a completely different dog. He's still like on a lot of medication. He has a lot of work to do, but he's so happy. And I, I feel like I could do, like, I feel like I could do animal welfare and it's not like I'm going to rush out and do that, but outside of all the sadness we were just talking about, it's so interesting to, to actually learn about myself that I have capacity for other talents. Like there's lots more I could be doing. And that's not like I'm going to quit my job to do that. It just, it just is a, a, um, yeah. an interesting thing to learn about myself is when I found out how sick he was, I didn't know if I would have the, like the strength to care for a sick dog. Yeah. It's important work, but I don't think I can do that. Like I was too afraid to be like um, emotionally too rough, mm-hmm. but not only have me and Ray done that, but he's like recovered from quite a bit since all of that. So it is neat to learn that you have a lot of strengths outside of crying at your business. <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy. I'm really, really happy for you. And I, I really relate to that. I mean, I've, um, I, I was fostering a dog the yeah. last four months and yeah. that's the a first experience, sorry, a cat. I don't know why I said dog because you were talking about grandpa. Um, But yeah, it was an incredible experience. And I didn't know, I didn't know I had any of this in me um, either. And it's like really, it's really cool to see. Yeah, like you said, just connect to those other parts of yourself that are unrelated to work and unrelated to making money. I think that's the, yes, that's the key is like, you're, this is, this is like connective stuff. Like you're connecting yeah. to another being, you're helping them. This is like, there's no money exchange. Yeah. There's no money involved. And that's like the stuff that it's, it's amazing. Um, just, you know, caution to not turn any new passions into businesses. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I need to resist not, the urge. Don't, I, 
<laughs> don't make money off something. Every time I have an idea, I try to turn it into a business. Yeah, so that's, I do. that's our fatal flaw. That's, that's small business brain. Yeah. Um, no. How can I monetize this? I know. Like, you could open a rescue or you could just balance out your business yeah. life with I know. Like, helping dogs. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm always like, well, I'm really good at this. I should get like 10 more dogs. And I'm like, okay, chill. Like, no, I, I, uh, yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a rough I, pattern. <laughs> every time I, I like, like, oh, I'm really good at this. Or, um, you know, I, I think of a new business all the time. Like people know, around yeah. me must think I am just like, just a disaster because I'm just constantly thinking. I told my friend about a new business and she just was like looking at me with like, <laughs> eyes of like what are you talking about you're just talking about how messed up you are <laughs> you're like what about I your know, awful but... old business <laughs> oh my god you're just talking about the crisis that you're in though and I'm like oh, yeah it's the disease you're like but it's it's so true that that's like how our brains work like at least mine is is I'm always on the next thing or always yeah. and I don't know if that's just like literally we have to be to like keep money coming type. in or yeah, yeah I know but I'm always like even right now I'm planning this like vegan market and I mm-hmm. on top of that on top of work and having a podcast and as like two senior dogs I don't know what I'm doing like it's too much but then I was like oh you know what I'd love to do I'd love to have a pop-up at the shop and like I'm not going to do the pop-up at the shop thing but I definitely was like planning on this whole pop up at Little Joe's that I like talked myself out of um, because I was like, you can't even handle, like, stop. You can't handle this. Like, holy. It's what I, makes us who we are. And it's what makes yep. us like, it's why yep. we have, it's why we have a business. Yes. But yes. somebody yes. needs to be balancing us out. Like somebody I have. Stop me. Somebody stop me. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like it's important to have people in your life who are more cautious. Yes. Who yeah. are just like, hey, buddy, you yeah. know, I know yesterday you were feeling really stressed <laughs> out and maybe you slept well and that's why yes. you have this new idea. But like, yeah, maybe think it over and you know, yeah. give it a minute. Oof. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen, I, I feel like I should ask you some, so a few nice things because we're like, <laughs> pretty much over our time but I feel like we have to talk about a couple nice things before I let you go like I just can't yeah I'd be Uh, nice well this one's just like kind of for fun but what is your favorite most ideal snack to make for yourself and I want to preface this with telling you what mine is so that you know you can just say whatever and it doesn't matter um but mine is when I wake up in the morning my favorite meal is to have coffee and chips. Mm. And that's like an ideal breakfast for me. And I love to have a coffee. And then once I have like half the coffee, I'll make like a little bowl of chips. And then that's like, and as someone with really bad heartburn all the time, it's like not. Can I ask you a question? Anything. What do you put in your coffee and what kind of chips? Like, I want to know what flavor profile we're talking about here. So I like my coffee, like really milky and sweet. I like okay. my tea like that too. Makes so sense. growing up, I always drink like it, we call it a baby tea, but it's like when you put like cream and sugar and it's like really yummy, yummy. Um, so that's just always how I've had coffee. So I've, it's never changed. 
And then uh, I love kettle cooked anything the most, usually just even like a kettle cook, like very plain. Um, or I also like, I'm really into Pringles right now. Okay. So that makes total sense to me because I feel yeah. like you've got your salty and your sweet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I was thinking, I'm like, mm, if it's like a black coffee and like barbecue chips, that doesn't make sense. No. But if it's like a no. sweet coffee and you know, a salty chip, I can totally see it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's like the perfect meal to me. I, that's what I would have on like a day off. Like that's like day off vibes yeah. or like slow morning. And in that moment when I'm like having that, it's, um, it's like a very, like, I don't want to say like a ritual, but it's very, like, I'm in the zone of it's going to be a good day. And I don't know. Cause I used to be a smoker. So sometimes I'm like, maybe it's cause it feels like, you know, like a morning routine, like that mm-hmm. would, but that's like the setup for like a perfect date. Have you ever been approached by a chip company to like be like an, to, to enter into an endorsement deal? I feel no, like and I just, don't know why. If like, there just, are any chip companies out <laughs> there that want to give Joe money to, I don't know, either like sponsor an episode or just get, get an like endorsement. For real. Like, like you for real. promote chips more than any person I know. And every time <laughs> I listen to you, I'm like, I need, where's like, where's my bag of chips? I'm just like, I feel like you're the perfect spokesperson for this. Like, can I tell you something so wild? Like I eat so much chips that- like I have specific ways that I eat certain kinds of chips, like Pringles. I lick all the salt off them and then I eat it. So it's like a whole, um, system if I'm yeah. eating them. And then I love to make this thing on special occasions called chip salad, where I just buy a bunch of kinds. And then I do like a mix bowl. Oh my God. Like, chip- and it's, yeah. That's it's great. like heaven on earth for me. Like I'll get like a, like a, like a pretzel and then something a little bit sweet and something crunchy and something a little spicy. And then I just have it in a big bowl and it's holy heck, you know, why Honestly, do people, why do people cook? <laughs> that's passion. Yeah. The passion yeah. you have for chips. Like, whew. yeah. Oh yeah. It's special for me too. So <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, when I say snack, I don't want you to think it's in the terms of like, it has to be a meal. It can literally be something that's like, oh, it's so nice to just have this, you know? It's a very easy question and answer for me because I am, I, I love snacks. So I am the type of person who like, if you're traveling or going somewhere, I'm like, what snacks did you pack? Do you want me to pack you snacks? You know, road trip snacks. Like I'm just really passionate about it but my so my favorite snack is cheese and crackers oh my gosh and um and an apple like all all together yes thinly sliced apple cracker cheese it's perfect it's perfect it's It's perfection it's perfect and it's like the juiciness of the apple you don't yeah. need like a sauce or a dip or anything mm-hmm. yeah no I, I 100% it's like, like the apple's like the palate cleanser yes so you're like yes. eating the cheese with oh the God. cracker and then you eat a slice of apple and it kind of like you know cleanses your palate and you're like oh I can go for more cheese and yeah oops yeah I could I and and I could eat any cheese like and any cheese like try me try it can me. be <laughs> 
Like I could eat, you know, like the stinkiest, most like, I don't know, like cheese that's been aged in a cave with like maggots, yeah. you know, just like really <laughs> artisanal cheese. Or I could eat like cheese strings, craft singles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, the plastic anything. cheese, plastic bring it cheese, on. Bring it on. When you do a cracker, like, are you like a premium plus kind of person or do you go fancy? Um, I really like um, any cracker as well. I could yeah. eat. So my go-tos are stone wheat thins. Okay. <laughs> They're the ones okay. with like the, they have like, they have like um, perforation down the middle and you like break them in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know them? Um, those are kind of my favorite, just classic, a bit salty. Yeah. Premium yeah. plus are a little too flimsy. I like a cracker that has like more, more texture. When I am feeling stressed, one of my favorite meals, and people listening are going to be like, that's not a meal, is I like to have a cup of orange juice, and then I just put butter on premium plus crackers, and that's, that's like, I'll just take that into my bed, and that will be dinner. That's at like least it, three food groups. <laughs> that's like another th- moment where I'm like, that's heaven on earth. Like, if I'm tired, yeah. and I'm like, I want something simple. I just want something comforting. It's like, Okay. Like I never cook. People don't believe me when I'm like, I really don't cook. Food I, I believe you. I think, I think yeah. I've heard you like yeah. talk about this enough now that I'm like, okay, that they're not messing around. You're like it's not a shtick. <laughs> this is not a shtick. This is a passion. Yeah. You know, I am what I am. And then, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I guess I'm like pretty much out of questions that aren't heavy. So I don't want to get into anything else, yeah. but did you have anything you kind of want to like promote at the shop? I know y'all have like a lot of new pastry coming out lately. Yeah. I mean, we are kind of just, it's interesting because right now we're, um, we've sort of hired in the kitchen. We've expanded our kitchen a bit. So we just sort of have more, like more pastries and more sweets coming out of the kitchen, but I don't necessarily want to promote anything specific because it's been very ad hoc and which is fun for us because you know, we guarantee our core menu all the time, but the stuff that's been, that we've been adding has been sort of this rotating thing and which the spontaneity of that has been really fun for us. But, um, so just like be on the lookout in our display case for anything, but there is one line of products that we brought in recently that I'm really excited about and that I would love to spread the word about a little bit. Um, so one of, uh, one of our, our partners, um, so Sarah, she has like worked on getting, um, like connecting with uh, coffee roasters in Kitchener uh, from a company called Mocha Bun. Yeah. And they're like, um, they specialize in Yemeni coffees and um, which is like Yemeni beans. And, and so they do sort of um, some really interesting roasts and, and blends. And so we're right now we're carrying um, like Turkish coffee. Um, and Turkish coffee pots. So you can actually buy the pots in the store. And then we also, um, we're also selling Arabic coffee. So that's something that's like really close to Sarah's heart. And she's, um, like worked really hard on kind of like showcasing, um, showcasing this. And so they're like really interesting, different brewing methods that, you know, different from what we're used to seeing in the mainstream here and kind of niche. And so if that's something that like, yeah, there's, I mean, there are communities here that, that consume that. And I just like, would love 
for people to know that we're offering that at the bakery yeah. now. That's really cool. Like yeah. in all my, my coffee training, cause I've always worked in coffee shops. I've always like learned a lot about Turkish coffee, but literally never like made it or mm-hmm. like had it in my life. I don't think. Yeah, it's, it's super, like, I'm really proud and happy about um, bringing in, um, like, I guess, raising awareness or like, or not, not awareness, but like, um, I just, I guess, just like highlighting unique brewing methods that are not necessarily like on everyone's radar here. Like, we all are, you know, really accustomed to like, drip and espresso um but yeah turkish coffee and arabic coffee are are incredibly different from and like really unique and really cool and i don't i don't think you see it um highlighted very often um and so it's sort of like a really big point of pride right now for Mm. for us to be yeah yeah feels good that's amazing that's so nice yeah it is it's so nice to feel proud of something yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. it's been interesting. It's been really nice to sort of, you know, have that contribution come from someone who like really wants to showcase part of their culture as well, yeah. you know, where yeah. you're like, I've, I think I've spoken about this before, but just like having people in the shop, like really just like lead the way and, and, yes. and kind of like yeah. guide what our next, you know, our next frontier is. And like, for Sarah, you know, showcasing this stuff and part of her culture feels very like vulnerable to some extent. And like, you know, you always think, oh, something close to my heart, like, oh, I don't know if I want people like to open myself up to like any kind of criticism or whatever, but you know, she, she like has done it. And I, and I'm really happy because it has resonated with people already and people who are like excited to see, um, you know, different, like different types of of, of coffee. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to come check it out. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frick. Yeah. New things. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it is like under, under the surface, there's like a lot of struggle, but then on top of it, like we are still somehow putting out all of these things and presenting these things that we're really proud of still so that's somehow that that's really remarkable and I'm I try to still look out feel proud of certain things and even though that can be overwhelmed sometimes but yeah Yeah. but anyways yeah I really appreciate you coming to visit yeah it's real wild ride talking to me right now but uh it was it was I feel like I always bring a lot of like heady energy to a conversation (laughs) I don't know how to just be normal (laughs) Okay, that's all from us. Bye. Bye. It's the end of the pod as we know it. And I feel fine. That's right, listeners. This is our uh, season finale. The big old season finale. Season finale. Ray? I know what you're thinking. I thought it'd be better. I thought it'd be better. <laughs> My commute hasn't ended, so why am I going to listen to now? I still have 36 minutes. You're like, I'm up late at night, and I still don't have anything to do. Yikes. And I need something to drown out the monotony of my daily tasks. 
we can't go dark in this um, finale because the whole podcast is very dark. You know, sometimes you gotta go dark. <laughs> this is it's it's our what do we call it? Some people want to watch the world burn. Exactly. How does it yeah. go? He's oh, uh, mashed away. <laughs> Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're wrapping up a season. Uh, it's actually perfect timing because we're getting really busy with event season. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't know, Little Joe Berries is actually organizing a vegan food festival, June 3rd, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Parkdale Market. So we're slammed with that. And we're also going to be at both Parkdale Night Market and bi-weekly at Byward Night Market. So it's just like... This summer, what is going to happen? It's going to be so fun. It's interesting. We haven't hired anyone to help with any of that. It's the end of the (laughs) show. So it's kind of nice that the podcast is wrapping up because I'm feeling a little bit like um, burnt out. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it doesn't mean the podcast is ending for good. I just... um, Just this season. Summer vacation. Famous. Repeat after me. I need a vacation. Oh my god, vacations where I wanna be. Did any of y'all see the Pokemon movie? That's what that's from. That's what that's from. This is like a really musical season finale. Yeah. Are we happy that the podcast is over? Is that what's going on? No, I think we're just amping it up. Like, you know, you gotta go out with a bang. Yeah, that's true. Is there any um final kind of thoughts you wanna la- like leave our viewers with? Oof final thoughts yeah like anything i mean good bad anything Mm, you're doing your best and that's what matters what that's so nice most of you are doing your most medium (laughs) and that's okay which can be your best for now (laughs) that's okay too yeah i guess final thoughts um try to swim this summer or if you can't swim do something else. <laughs> oh my gosh, says Ray. Yeah, I can't swim. Do you, uh, do you have any funny like work stories? Like, do you have any anecdotes you could toss into to finish off this this episode? Oh, actually, I was talking uh, to this about with Kate actually, um, and I asked Kate like, "Am I too familiar with customers sometimes?" Yikes! And. Not in a bad way or anything, just like sometimes I think like like an example of it is we had a customer come in who was picking up an order <laughs> yeah. and um, I had called to just remind them uh, and then when they got there, I just made sure everything was good with the order and they're like, I'm so sorry I'm late and then I was like, if you're here before five, you're early um, and they were kind of like, oh, actually, I'm not late technically because my husband was supposed to pick up this order. And then I just said, well, where the hell was he? <laughs> not in a not in an angry way, but just like we were joking about this person's husband. And uh, that's really good. it's very, like, I think it's hilarious. It's like, deal, it's a good customer it's a service bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes I'm like, I'm all in on a customer service interaction. Yeah. And then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, was that too much? I actually had that thought about myself, um, not so much in a service thing, but in like, um, I, 
I go so over when I interact with new people mm-hmm. that I don't know how to gauge what a normal, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I hit like so much high notes right away. Yeah. And I think that's why people have a weird perception of me being like an extrovert when I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I was at the market the other day and I went alone and I was meeting someone and then they introduced me to some people I didn't know also. And then I didn't know how to end the conversation. So I went, I'm going to leave now. Help me. I'm lost. And then I ran away. And then when I left, I was like, those people just met me. Yeah, that's their impression (laughs) of you was that. They're like, yeah, I know Joe from Little Joe Berries. They were lost. They're a mess. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the way we like it. Yes. Anyways, um, thanks so much for everyone who listened, part-time, full-time listeners, whatever. Super appreciate it. Um, Yeah, so keep sharing the podcast, and then hopefully we'll be back season three when summer calms down a little bit. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Have a nice summer, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Summer vacation is so cool. Repeat after me. I need a vacation. (laughs) Well, 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 we've reached the end of another episode. Business Baby Podcast was created, produced, and edited by Little Joe. Big thanks to Ray for his help on commercials and providing pretty funny conversation. And of course, thank you to Jesse for his jingles and theme song. If you want to follow any of our sponsors or guests, you can find links in the bio for their accounts and speaking of sponsors we love big thank you to our season-long sponsor EnviroCenter and Ottawa Green Business and of course our episode sponsor Ottawa Markets make sure to give them a follow and stay on top of all the events coming to the city and a big thank you to you for listening we appreciate ya bye